We're like matching t-shirts, bro. Oh, Look at us. Yeah. You know the difference is though. Mine's ironed. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. Never. To be fair, <laughs> ironing t-shirts. It's like ironing your socks. You got to iron your socks and your underpants, man. What's wrong with you? Yeah, I know. I don't. Right. Hello everyone, it is Daz here from Not Another Whiskey Podcast. I'm actually recording live on location from the Glen Eagles Townhouse, which is uh, a little bit posh for me, I'm not going to lie. Um, I don't have my uh, fuzzy-chinned and bald-headed mate Mitch Beshard with me today. He has left me well and truly hanging, but it's all good. Uh, he's been running about Scotland, uh, visiting many distilleries with his fancy pals, uh, and that's what he does, I guess, during the week these days, especially in the summer months, so he is forgiven. But don't worry, he will join me a little bit later on. But this week, what I wanted to do was to focus just a little bit on whiskey shows and Whiskey shows are fascinating. I've been to loads of whiskey shows over the years. I've been to quite a few this year, actually. And as an exhibitor, as a guest, sometimes as a presenter, uh, but I've very seldom caught up with whiskey show organizers. So I thought it'd be a really, really good opportunity, actually, to get into the head of a whiskey show organizer, to hear the good, the bad, and the ugly, what they love, things that piss them off, uh, things that people do that really annoy them, and things that we wouldn't think of as non-organizers. So we're going to get straight into it today. Uh, I want to introduce you to the fabulous Gareth Cool, who is the, the owner of the National Whiskey Festival. Is that right, Gareth? Uh, I am not the owner. No, no. Uh, I am the... <laughs> I promoted you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You've just given me a promotion right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I am the coordinator. I work very closely with uh, the owner of the National Whiskey Festival. Uh, I'm, I'm the sole employee of the National Whiskey Festival, actually. Yeah. Uh, and yes, uh, um. Yeah, what you got for me then? <laughs> what have I got for you? Well, look, I, I'm, I'm aware of it. I was, I was at the Glasgow show. Uh, I missed the Inverness show. We'll be at the Aberdeen show, and we're going to be at the Edinburgh show later on in the year. And we'll come on to that in a wee minute um, about you know mm. what the National Whiskey Festival is, what the aim is, how mm. you guys go about doing what you're doing. But wait, welcome to the show, man. And look, when we met, um, we actually met at the Glasgow Whiskey Festival uh, properly. Uh, that's right, yeah. And, uh, we had a wee chat about Fable and things like that. And uh, you're, uh, I must say, you're a lot younger and cooler than most of the Whiskey Festival organisers I've met over the years. <laughs> so there's a, yeah. there's a compliment in there somewhere. Um, but wait, how did you get... Yeah, compliment. <laughs> how, did, how did you get into it? Like, how did you get into like the Whiskey Festival set up, especially obviously with National Whiskey Festival? Yeah, well, I know this is. Uh, I, th I feel like having a chat with you on this podcast is really just going to be a, ga a, a game of dropping names of all the kind of <laughs> crazy great people I've worked with and kind of gotten me into this weird kind of position I'm in. Um, I didn't think it was possible to be able to to run whiskey festivals and the search full time, but I kind of I started off in bars and restaurants across the central belt, like most, uh, well, a, a lot of sort of whiskey people do, and I hit a point about about seven years ago where I was kind of trying to grapple my way out of hospitality and work out what the fuck I was doing with, with myself. <laughs> I always had a keen interest in playing gigs, organising gigs, organising club nights. And I kind of, I've done, I always done that on the side from, from bars and restaurants. And I started realising that the, the drink game can definitely be raised within gigs and clubs and festivals and stuff. Like I love a great drink and so do many people but I think when you're in events 
it's more about high volume. And so the quality of the drink tends to go down when you're, when you're serving very high volume um, during during concerts and stuff. So I kind of, I started experimenting with gigs and clubs and wee day festivals I was putting on with inviting brands to have bars at them and stuff like that. And tr- just trying to really get my database of sort of music consumers into drinking more high quality stuff. Essentially, I mean, many people have done it before. I'm not saying I was doing anything very unique there. Um, but then there was a couple of key parts that happened in my career. It was about six years ago, an old friend of mine from, from Campbelltown, Ronan Curry is his name. He now works for Glen Allocate. Um, he, he was with Coquerin at the time. And he asked me, do you want to, during the Maltz Festival in Campbelltown, do you want to sort of do Coquerin cocktails, design this cocktail bar? And I was like, absolutely, I am. We can get some tunes going at the same time and everything. So there was that point. And then my timeline's a wee bit hazy at this point in my life. But there was also, I was heavily involved as a stage manager and a sound engineer at Edinburgh Cocktail Festival back in, I think that was maybe 2017, through a company called The Drink Cabinet. All fabulous people here. And it was at that point I really I really realised there was there was a career to be made out of tying music and whiskey together. Um, and since that point, I've very much been forging, forging my own kind of, my own kind of job role. Um, it was one event that I worked on in particular pushed me really in the right direction. It was when the McAllen opened up their new distillery. I worked with the drink cabinet on little event pieces around, around and about the space side for a couple of weeks. And not so long after that, I found myself in London working for the Whiskey Exchange as part of their events team and running tastings and working on the team that organizes the massive, highly celebrated whiskey show in London. And yeah, that's kind of where I found myself. Um, I've always been around whiskey. I grew up in Campbelltown around whiskey, but it wasn't until I really started trying to fuse together music and whiskey that my my experience in the whiskey industry really excelled. And I, I think I can say at this point that I do work in whiskey. I've always just liked to drink it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. A, that's a, yeah, so that's a, a brilliant insight, actually. And um, you did very well not to name drop too many names. Ronan was pretty much the only name you mentioned there, you know, with the brands I, and the businesses. I, so congratulations. We've still got a few minutes left. <laughs> <laughs> totally. There's, there's plenty of time. There's plenty of time. Look, well, there's, um, there's an obvious connection with music and whiskey and it's been done in many different ways. And we were just chatting before, obviously, before we were recording. We, we did some really cool work with Lynn Audio before where we built these plinths with cask oak and, uh, for the LP12 Son deck. And that was an amazing project, something I really, really enjoyed working on for their 40th anniversary. And we did it with a 40-year-old whiskey. And it was mad. And sitting, enjoying certain whiskeys with certain tracks is, is, is a very literal way of, of bringing music and whiskey 100%. together. Yeah, and it is very pleasant. Yeah. And I think we find ourselves doing this subconsciously sometimes. It's you choose the music dependent on your mood. And I think we do that very often with, with whiskey. Uh, what mm-hmm. struck me was when I was at the National Whiskey Festival in Glasgow, was what you're doing is you're creating a slightly more upbeat um, ambience in the in the space with music. Yeah. Hundred percent. And and you're creating a much more sociable environment, which moves away from that kind of more reflective moment to a much more sociable gathering uh, of, yeah. of people. And that that's something that really did strike me that was different about the National Whiskey Festival that I've not seen at other whiskey festivals before. Hundred percent. You know, as as an exhibitor and you know a highly experienced guy in the industry, I'm glad to hear you pick up on that. Um, it, it, it's something I really am trying hard to do. It doesn't come without its challenges, but what I'm 
what I'm kind of aiming to do is is what I talked about before that that fusion between whiskey and music and and creating like I, I tried to create an experience or at least edge towards a world where people can go up to the hydro in Glasgow or into the subby in Glasgow and every every city has their you know their respected venues like this and look forward to enjoying a whiskey in some kind of regard and our whiskey festivals okay are are highly tied to the celtic uh, to the celtic world through celtic connections and is there a partner in it and what i'm trying to sort of show off is that you can enjoy whiskey and appreciate whiskey in these environments as opposed to just kind of doing a brand activation where it's like hey um you know buy this product because it goes well with this album i'm trying to sort of show to people and teach people and educate people that you know you can actually have your pals around on a saturday night and whiskey can be a casual thing it doesn't need to be a whiskey tasting you know yeah um, yeah it doesn't it need to be formal it. you don't have to put your tie yeah. and your jacket on and, and it is is i think you yeah, do that at, at the event um well certainly right. the glasgow one i was at i missed the inverness one uh, we've still got aberdeen and edinburgh to come later on this year we do indeed yeah it'll be interesting indeed. man i mean what's the does it does the vibe change as you move around Scotland with these 100 percent it does, does it? Yeah. How, in what way? Hundred percent it does. Hundred percent it does. Like you know, all these ideas and these conceptual things I talk about quite a lot are are there one thing, but you know, you've got to make things viable for all the different parties that are involved in a whiskey festival. You know, the the crux of it is um it's it's got to be sustainable. And exhibitors have got to see some benefit. The re- the, our partner retailers have got to see some benefit in my, and then I need to try and fit my mad concepts that I've come up with into that. So, you know, we need to recognise the market in every part of Scotland that we go to. We're, 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 a, we're a travelling regional festival and, you know, the market is certainly different between Aberdeen and Glasgow, for example. Glasgow, we hold it in SWG3. It's a super hip kind of venue. People are used to going there for kind of, you know, more experimental things, club nights, big gigs, light shows, all that sort of malarkey. So that venue lends itself well to it. And our, our, our company is based in Glasgow. We've got a massive music database here. So we get quite a lot of them consumers. Up in Aberdeen, we work with Aberdeen Whiskey Shop. A fantastic unit. Nick is great uh, in there. It's pretty, pretty much all his customers that come to that. And it's not necessarily our music database. So we need to play to that and slowly bleed in uh, my concepts of music so it's it is quite a balancing act and it's very very difficult um, to pull off I think when I, when a lot of people hear the National Whiskey Festival they won't be expecting all my crazy experimental ideas on how on how whiskey should be you know so it's yeah I've got I've got a balance it gives the people what they want without going too mental you know but I think yeah. I do believe in a, I do believe in a world where where these these things are all fused together and just happen easily. I'm not trying to make a statement at any point. I want it just to be natural, and uh, I think we'll get there eventually. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Now uh, we we had a brief chat over email as well, not so long ago, and I, I wanted to pose this question to you. I suppose was what I really loved. I really loved about the Glasgow event was how many independent bottlers there were, how many independent whiskey brands there were. You know, it was it wasn't a collection of you know every big brand that you've ever seen and and actually it struck me maybe maybe some of the bigger brands are pulling away from some of these events um, yeah. do, do, you, do you find that when you're organizing and you're going to different brand owners and saying look we've got this event going on here's who we're targeting some of the big guys are just not turning up to these things these days oh 100 percent as you know like it's um it's it's really comp it's really difficult getting getting the bigger brands on board you know like 
for, for want of a better phrase, we are not just another whiskey festival, you know? <laughs> like, um, uh, yes, I love it. <laughs> uh, like, you know, none of the, quite a lot of the time, the big guys have massive international markets and they've got hundreds of whiskey festivals. And how do they differentiate us from the others? You know, they can't, and that's totally fair. So it's landed us in a really lucky position where a lot of the, a lot of the people that want to work with us are the, the smaller companies that have the the brand owners and stuff still have an invested interest in being out there and connecting with the people and for me that's excellent because we have a collaborative approach as events organizers i want to speak to people like you guys and see like what do you just want to do at a whiskey festival let's try it out you know let's really make it work for you and your brand and your voice and I, it's so the, like a lot of the big guys don't want to come, but it's it, to me. I, right now, um, it's put us in a position I find is working for us. Although I would absolutely love to have your big guys involved because yeah. they love they, they love getting they love they love getting experimental and doing yeah. things. It's just I think potentially like they they maybe don't see see value in it, but uh, you know I'm always here for a conversation about it, and uh, I hope they can come at some point. Yeah, definitely, definitely. No, that's because um, I think, especially if they've got new products and new things to talk about, that your audience is really interested in that. And what what I was, yeah, I mean, the, the younger audience that you attract because of the music connection and because of the way that you guys put the shows on, great coffee, great snacks and nibbles. I mean, I love the little cheese bites that you guys had put on that um, one of the <laughs> vendors that made that. That is the best food I've ever had at a whiskey show. There is absolutely really? no quit. Oh, 100%, mate. It was bang it. Mm-hmm. Do you know, what? It, worked, you know it worked so well, man, with the little pairings and stuff. I, could, I, I was quite, quite surprised by it, to be honest. Yeah. And you know what that was? That was, uh, you know, our office is in Finiston. Our office is in a place called Castle of Doom. Uh, it's a, a quite a well-known recording studio in Glasgow. It's owned by the band Mogwai. And right across the road, it's just in Anderson, Finiston area in Glasgow. Right across the road, there's the Pyramid Community Centre. And we, I often go in there for my lunch every day because there's this guy, Stuart, who who has done various pop-ups in there, but he kind of basically does Finiston-style food and, and quality at Anderson prices through the community centre for the community. And I was like, okay, amazing catering at a whiskey festival is great, but, you know, we pretty much don't make any money off of this. I cannot afford the best of the best. But I just said to Stuart, like, you know, I'm eating here every day. Your food's absolutely amazing. Do you like whiskey? Do you want to come and get involved? And he's like, yeah. oh, my God, yes. And he just delivered this whole menu of cheese pairings, chocolate Good. pairings, delivered an exhibitor meal, been sessions for everyone, and everyone loves it. And I'm just like, that's that's the right approach, you know, collaboration, and you just keep your options open and give people give people opportunities, and they'll more often than not completely completely blow you away. You know? Yeah, yeah. The last thing you want to be doing is dragging people to the event, right? You, you, <laughs> exactly. You, you, exactly. Uh, come and yeah. do this, and you're, you're like, oh god, man, this is hard, hard work. You don't need that. You've got enough going on, and. Just on that then, like, see, see when you're organizing a whiskey show, what are the things that really piss you off? What, what, what gets you, oh, gets under your skin? Is it, is it people like me who don't get back to you on email with the right information? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's quite a few, you know, being an events organizer is highly stressful, very, very stressful. Um, but I think the most annoying thing that happens is about a month to three weeks before, you have a whole floor plan, plan created, you have a risk assessment done, you have, this is how my event is going to happen and no one can stop me. 
and then two weeks before the festival you start getting an influx of exhibitors who want to join the event because yeah. they totally forgotten and just remembered no and then you need to two weeks before you need to go back to the drawing boards because you don't you want these people involved but yeah that's that's stressy that's pretty stressy. but you know i don't mind because it's always going to work out uh right that's quite annoying um the other part that's quite annoying as well is when you don't sell enough tickets. <laughs> well, well, that, that's a that's a that's a different type of pressure, I guess. That's yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. We 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 we're, we're very very lucky that we have a, an outstanding marketing team that you know predominantly work in the music industry, so they they know how to reach people. So we don't we don't worry about that. Honestly, I don't find anything that stressful. It's it's kind of more on the day that I get really freaked out. I I love speaking to people in advance and sort of curating events. It's a real like kind of like painting a painting. I love it. I love introducing things. On the day, however, it's a different story, trying to run around massive venues and, you know, make sure that people are treating whiskey responsibly and, and things like that. That's the stressful part. Yeah, yeah, you need, yeah, because that's the thing, isn't it? That, yeah, you don't need anything like that going wrong. And that's uh, that's always a risk, isn't it, with a whiskey event? But I guess it's how you manage it. You've um, you've got plenty okay. of people there supporting and they can making sure everyone's cool as well, which is always, always good. Um, see the... Um, the the whiskies themselves and the whiskies and the brands we talked a little bit about some of the more sort of independent smaller brands turning up at the shows and things and what's your general feel for what's happening in whiskey at the moment just i mean you're from campbell you're from campbelltown i am indeed yeah yes. so i mean you you you've uh, you're close you're, you're I mean, you must have family in whiskey and things like that i guess I mean, not necessarily. I think mm. the funny thing with Campbelltown is, and I've said this to many people before, um, I don't mean to burst any bubbles or anything like that. Um, and growing up in Campbelltown doesn't necessarily mean you absolutely love Springbank and whiskey and stuff like that. You know, uh, it's like it's an industry. I know friends that work in it, uh, but I also know friends that work in the, the wind turbine factory outside of Campbelltown. It's, it's only if you choose whiskey as a journey that you understand the real impact of Campbelltown whiskey outside Campbelltown. Um, you don't you don't get taught it in schools. You're not getting hands and jams of Springbank when you're when you're uh, for your 18th birthday in sixth year. I say, and stuff oh, like that. that's <laughs> devastating to hear, isn't it? Uh, I mean, you're you're blowing don't some be... serious myths here. It's like <laughs> stop, stop, we're going to stop recording now, Rob. Is that? Aye, <laughs> <laughs> right, so that 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 kind of doesn't happen. It's if you choose it, it's there. Um, you know. What, like for for me, what's happening in the whiskey world right now is incredibly exciting. Like absolutely, it is. It's, it's, it's monumental for me. It's just a, la a land of opportunity uh, right there. You know, I'm I'm always saying this to people. The face the face of it is is changing so much, and it has been thanks to people like yourself. You know, brand ambassadors. These all these well known brand ambassadors. You know, uh, from the that have done time with the larger companies. You have been singing the tune for a while that whiskey isn't just this uh, kind of part in bagpipes hills and stills kind of thing it's a uh, you know it's it's hip and it's new yeah that and it's funny happening. it's funny isn't you, it because we do we get, a movement you know you well really it's funny did. because we, we get stuck in the I, i'm not convinced i mean yeah I, I, I agree with what you're saying i'm not convinced it down to just the brand ambassadors but i, I think like the um what always struck me was in scotland how there was this kind of rules-based product uh where, but when i mm. traveled abroad actually i was seeing people drinking whiskey in so many different ways and different Aye. types of venues and and in scotland it, it always felt like a little bit more backwards here bizarrely than it was Aye, anywhere else and, and and then when we came back it used to be quite frustrating because you were always having to convince people that it can be enjoyed in different ways with a cheese uh, with music with mm -hmm. cocktails you know in different different styles and different ways but 
That's really think, interesting to hear. Yeah, I think we're way down the track on that now, and it's really brilliant to see at the whiskey festivals and stuff, like there's cocktail bars, there's, you know, you can have it neat, you've got proprietary bottlings, then you've got indie bottlings that have got like single cast, cast strength stuff. And, oh, and, 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 and people yeah. are really exploring that. The number of people at the National Whiskey Festival that I gave their first cast strength whiskey to really quite was brilliant, you mm -hmm. know. And they were all Absolutely. in and they were really into it and they were quite keen to understand why you would bottle it like that and, and what they were expecting to taste and stuff. So, yeah, it is. It's, it's, I think that open-mindedness and that attitude is, is ultimately what you're facilitating through the festival. So I, I think... 100%. Um, yeah. I'm, not saying there's, and I'm not saying there's no interest or no market and, like, you know, really analysing whiskey mm. as well. There's definitely a place for it. I think uh, just what I'm trying to align our as um is a place where you can go as a beginner and really ask these questions to people like yourself and all the other exhibitors we have. They're all great. Ask the questions that you might be too afraid to ask in a more serious environment. Enjoy some music, enjoy some food, understand the basics of, of using whiskey and enjoying it. And then, you know, if, if you want to go in a more serious direction, you absolutely can, you know. Um, I think we're just, we're, we're offering a nice platform for people to come and take their friends and, it's really noticeable, I reckon, and that that is genuinely thanks to the way that whiskey is just now. Though it's a lot more, it's a lot more open and free and for a diverse audience. But I don't think I could have gotten away with saying this like five years ago. You know, I might have been yeah. shooting myself in the foot, but it's, it's genuinely like uh, I I see a really open market now in whiskey, and it's great fun for folk like us. You know? No, definitely, Absolutely man, definitely. Is. Right, I've got a few questions right. for you straight off the hit bat, me. right? Are you ready Absolutely for this? Absolutely, hit me. Come on, I'm up right. for it. Okay, man. Favourite distillery tour that you've done? Favourite distillery tour? Oh, my God. Straight off the bat. Uh, the new McAllen distillery was pretty Ooh, impressive. That's good. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Favourite whiskey in the last couple of weeks? Uh, last couple of weeks? You can go a bit longer if I'm, you need to. <laughs> I'm drinking one right now, but it can't be disclosed. So okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna say the favorite one I had in the last couple of weeks was Coquer and Twelve Year Olds because that nice. is my go-to dram in the house always. Is it? Sounds sounds yeah. oh, that's strong, yeah. nice. And then more 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 than more from your side, I guess, is uh, best album. Yeah. Gonna sit and have a couple of drams this weekend. What should we blast? Oh on? my god! You know, every single night in the house, I'm drinking whiskey, and I'm one of them folks that goes, "And you know what? This is my top. This is in my top five. Yeah. This one. <laughs> I've got, I've got, I've got a top five the length of five thousand. Honestly, yeah. uh, favorite album though. I love an old folk guitarist called Davy Graham. He writes right. an He wrote an album called Folk Blues and Beyond. Um, I don't know if there's any guitar players listening at the minute, but he was very popular back, uh, back in the day for popularizing the dad gad tuning. Right. He's a big influence on John Martin and Nick Drake, who kind of followed after him. He's a real guitarist guitarist. I always seem to mention that one. So Folk Blues and Beyond by Davy Graham would be my Folk Blues and Beyond. Nice, man. I'll need to give that What's one a listen. What's your favourite album? What's your favourite album? Mitch, Mitch hammers me for this all the time. Mate, I'm a Meatloaf meat fan. Are you? Aye. <laughs> Proper ridiculous. And I, I'm not actually, I, I'm not a big music fan guy I, I, I'm, I'm really open to listening to anything but I don't follow mm -hmm. I don't really follow it do you know what I mean I'm, I, I don't go down that rabbit hole of yeah finding out the artist's name or who the guitarist was and then who were they trained by or who did they play with and stuff I'm not not great at that I should do more I should do more with it but 80s power ballads typically are, are like right up my street um, I get it wrong and I'm you're not gonna apologize for it man I know <laughs> you're such a bartender <laughs> I know but Mitch, Mitch is more into like his kind of like 90s hip hop that's kind of more like uh, his that's, thing that's, 
Sorry, that's that's definitely more more bartenders. The hip hop, I love nineties hip hop as well. Yeah, sure. I'm easy. I'm easy. I like some of it, but I don't. I don't like the. I don't. I don't go for genres. I, I typically just okay. kind of like the song, and then I'm I'm like, oh, I like that one. I might add it to my playlist or something. So, um, yeah, I will listen to that for sure. Uh, mm. mate, so nice catching up with you and hearing more a little bit about the the National Whiskey Festival. I'll see you in Aberdeen and in Edinburgh uh, later on in the year and. I look forward to a drive yeah, in life, A kill care in 12 is what it's going to be, it sounds like. But we'll have to get Aye. a couple of fables in as well. <laughs> Aye, well, let's do it. You know, uh, I'm actually yet to taste through the full range of fable. I've definitely tried. You gave me a few at hand at the Hampton yeah. Whiskey Festival, so I, I need the full range at some point if you can. And uh, I honestly, thanks so much for having me on for a chat. I'm a big listener of the podcast. So I hope I wasn't um, too... too too boring. Um, not at all, mate. Yeah. No, no, brilliant. No, really, really good. And um, Just, what we're going to uh, do, mate, uh, we, we're going to jump on to the news with Mr. Mitch Beshard. It's been a news-filled week, I think. Um, there's been a lot going on. Glenmorangie have repacked. Um, and there's more, mm. I think there's more new distillery news and stuff. So it's uh, it's all happening. Aye, absolutely. I know um, it definitely is all happening. I've got I've got my phone link, my phone Google link to like whiskey news, and the notifications is just like boom, 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 continuous right now. So, aye, very good. Thanks, nice um, man. Catch you soon. Thanks bro. for having me. Yeah, pleasure, man. Pleasure. Cheers, bro. Bye. Brilliant to catch up with Gareth from the National Whiskey Festival. What a dude, man. What a dude. Mitch, I'm sorry you missed it, mate. I'm sorry you missed it, but I know you've been a busy, busy, busy boy. Yeah, a little bit, mate. A little bit. Sounded good though. That was good, mate. Yeah. What's been uh, what's been happening? Why, where have you been for the last four weeks? <laughs> yeah, July has been an absolute whirlwind. You know what July reminds me of, mate? Is is mm. it's like back in our ambassador days. It has been so crazy. Um, I think I had two days off. Mm-hmm. I arrived back home yesterday. The dog started barking at me, wondering who I was. I've been away that long. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's been nuts, man. I've, I've done a load of really cool stuff, though, predominantly um, looking after big groups and smaller groups up in Speyside. Did a lot of stuff that I've never done in Speyside before as well. Yeah. Took those uh, Argos, you know, those eight wheel uh, trekking four by four things, took them up uh, past Glenlivet. That was really mm-hmm. cool. Uh, shout out to our boy at McAllen, Tom Jolly, because I went for lunch at McAllen for the first mm-hmm. time ever. Mm-hmm. And he is just knocking it out of the park. I mean, seven course lunch, 44 pounds. I'd put it up there like Michelin star kind of level what they're Brilliant. doing at McAllen right now. So if anyone's around about McAllen, if you can get in, uh, I think they're doing lunch Thursday to, to Saturday maybe or Sunday. Mm-hmm. Anyway, check it out on the website, book in. It's spectacular. Um, yeah, man. I, you know, I had groups from the Philippines, the US, Mexico. I just finished with uh, two groups from Wayne Grant and Sons. So I've been kicking yeah. about Glenfiddich and Balveni and, doing all the sort of VIP stuff up there with them, which was a load of fun. And yeah, I uh, like I was saying to you before we started, mate, I slept for 12 hours last night because I'm just totally done in. So it's been crazy, mate. It literally has been like being an ambassador again, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. I've got some questions for you. Oh, yeah? You ready? Uh Uh-huh. Are you ready? On on your toes, on your toes, look lively. Okay, here we go. What was your favourite distillery over the last month that you visited? Mate, come on, that's like picking your favorite child. That's no, hard. no, just 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 based on the experience you had just that last month. Not asking what your favorite one ever was. You're not gonna upset anyone. Just what was the one that you were like, oh that that was great. I really enjoyed that. Was it McCall? Yeah, I mean, I really like going up to Glendronach right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Colin Corson got that okay. all kind of locked in right now, and that's mm-hmm. that's really cool. Like I said, McAllen was 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 really cool. I didn't do any tours there, but just that whole lunch experience mm-hmm. that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously. Doing Balvenie's 
it's nice to be back. It was nice to be back there again because I hadn't done anything with William Grant and Sons for a while. So yeah, doing that whole experience, I don't know, man. It's just they're all just good, you know. It's just it's a shy nice. answer. Right, next question. No, but it's just you know what it is, it mate. It's just nice being able to take people around again and have everything open up, uh, yeah, and 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 true. do all that. So anyway, what's been cooking in your no, world, bro? No, I'm not finished. Oh, sorry. I didn't realize this is like multiple uh, questions. Yeah, three months. questions. Three, favorite okay. favorite whiskey. Favorite whiskey you tried in the last month. The one that the one that you went. Oh, that's unbelievable. I really like that. I haven't tried that one before. Um, you know, I, t- to be honest with you, I didn't drink that much whiskey, and that's mm-hmm. the truth because I was doing a lot of driving. Yeah. So when I had these tours, for the most part, I was driving everywhere. Oh, really? Which okay. is kind of it's kind of weird, right? I mean, I'm I'm doing so much stuff, but it was more like adventuring stuff and kind of running about and, and doing the experiences with people as opposed to sitting down and drinking a load of whiskey. Nice. Last question. Uh, you've already touched on it. How's the van? Van's amazing. Yeah. 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 Really cool. We've I had quite a lot them. of messages since you've been away uh, oh, yeah. requesting an episode on whiskey and wheels. Just <laughs> FYI. <laughs> yes, I have. I have. Stop honestly. Lying. Stop lying. No. Honestly. There's been a number of messages coming into the Instagram saying that would be cool. So much so Aaron Jones actually sent me a link. Did you know Smokehead did like this mega motorbike? I remember that, yeah. Well, and, and Ardbeg did the tractor as well. I don't think we mentioned that. We haven't mentioned that. So the, there is a, a building dossier, and I've had a couple of messages from listeners as well just saying, look, there's legs in that. You need to do that. See, and one of the guys, one of the guys, I think it was maybe Aaron actually suggested maybe doing it in um there's a guy that, that does these like Ducati refurbs and he oh, was yeah. saying maybe, maybe we do a live from his garage, which oh, would yeah, be quite yeah. cool to tasting and stuff like that. The whiskey society did a tasting down there, I think before, and it, apparently it was cool. I mean, I think that's going to go really well on a podcast, you know, here's yeah. the, pro- for everyone listening, right? Here's the problem. Daz deals with those, all the social media. So I don't see any, any of the stuff that you guys may be sending in. And I think when he gets something in his head, he just makes up the fact that people want to, <laughs> want to see it or hear it and just tells me <laughs> it's all this coming in they, they, no it was it was dave from kelty he was the one that met <laughs> <laughs> big, big davy boy big davy uh, <laughs> he always what, messages dude, what's uh, been cooking in your world what you've been up to uh yeah i've been fairly busy as well to be honest man um i was on holiday in turkey for a couple of weeks it was quite cool eh? because the um you know when you go to these bars uh around the world and you see products that you don't normally see when you're uh, when you're here in the UK, Fat 69s and stuff. So that was fun. I've tasted a few whiskeys and things like that there, which was decent. You're, you're all inclusive, right? It was all inclusive, mate. Yeah, yeah. It gets and dangerous, got, eh? Got right into it. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. definitely. They, they're, they're not going to let you back in. Like, nah, I probably won't be allowed back in. I know, I'm not allowed back in Turkey. Never mind the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did a tasting uh, the other night with, um, with All Saints, actually, which was really cool and uh, we we got through a couple of nice whiskies. Um, finished up in a Glenfiddich 18, actually, which was very pleasant. Nice way to nice. end the, the evening at the, the Preston Field Hotel in Edinburgh. Um, and I caught up with Chris Coates, uh, which was really nice. Um, we had a little scapa, uh, which was really cool. I haven't tried scapa for ages. I used to really, I used to love scapa when I was up in Orkney quite often. I'd I'd always you know have a, a wee scapa 16, and, and after that it was Skirin and uh, I think it was Blasda and things. So. Yeah. We were on Skirin the other day, had a little smoke with him and a good catch-up, which was great, just sort of talking shop. So, mate, yeah, everyone's good. Everyone's ticking over. I know I've not been running around like you, though. I've not been out and about at distilleries or anything like that the last couple of weeks. Mitch, yeah. there's been a lot happening in the world of whiskey, uh, as always. It doesn't seem to sleep at all, despite the fact right now is silent season for most of the distilleries. It seems like there's a lot of action going on, right. a lot of new, new releases. 
um, again, as always. Uh, and yeah, a few, few bigger topics as well, actually. Some, um, some meaty ones. Yeah. What's, uh, what's, what's stuck out for you? Well, I mean, talking about new releases, I think the, the first one that I kind of clocked is from Lag. And they haven't really given us much detail at this yeah. point as we record this on what their new releases are. They've just said there's going to be three of them. They released the bottle shot, the pack shot. Um, really cool distillery. I don't know if you've been over there yet, but I did a, a little adventure uh, before the summer kicked in where we cycled around Aaron and uh, hit up the Aaron distillery for lunch and then went down to Lag uh, to check all that out. You know, And it's, it's kind of cool to see that new build that they've done there because just unbelievable, amazing views. And um, you know they've taken all the, the peated liquid that they were doing at Aaron and they've moved that down to Lag now. So I believe Aaron's completely unpeated and all the, the, the smoky juice is coming out, out of lag. So I imagine this is going to be three different styles or maybe uh, phenol content has been reduced or increased uh, for these three different releases. It'll be interesting to see how that's come out, but, but great to see that bottling uh, coming come to market or about to come into market at this point. Yeah, yeah, that's big news. I mean, that's a, that's a huge development. It seems to have come by fast. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, it just feels like last year that that distillery was was whipped up, but um, it's obviously been there a lot longer than that. It's uh, it's come by quick. Um, there's a few things going on uh, bottling wise. Uh, Lock Lee have released our barley, um, their latest release of that. I've got a sample for you, Mitch, um, which I'll never give you uh, as always. As always. Uh, I, uh, is, you asked me about new whiskies that I've tried. I don't get to try any because you you hoard them all. <laughs> I know. I'm getting you back for uh, the last twelve months. Um, Thanks, Sarah, for sending that one over. Aberlour uh, Distillery Exclusives, uh, they've got one that looks like an American oak and a European oak, both 11 years old, which is quite cool. So the next time we're up at Aberlour, it's been refurbished as well, Mitch. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, that's pretty, pretty much shut down right now. Um, yeah. You can just go into the the kind of the, the shop there. Um, and even the shop isn't open all the time, I don't think. I've gone past yeah. it a few times. It's been shut. But yeah, I, I've walked past it, and it's just getting bulldozed right now, which is uh, cool to see. Yeah, there's a, a new Bomore 25-year-old uh, Distillers Anthology, which has just gone live at the distillery as well, uh, which which looks brilliant, to be honest. I'm um, going to have to nip over to Isla and pick one of those up. Uh, and then in terms of like news from sort of releases and packs and all that kind of stuff, the one that um, really caught my eye, and I put it out actually on our social channels, Mitch, on uh, our Instagram channel, just to see what people thought. And I got a lot of reactions uh, to the new Glenmorangie packs. Um, which uh, seems to have drummed up quite a lot of interest. Uh, a lot of a lot of comments saying it's bold. Uh, a lot of people actually, you know, quite quite like it. Like it, you know, in terms of the the uh, the phonetic pronunciation of Glenmorangie, and that's how it's been broken down in the bottle, which yeah. is which is quite clever. Um, and then a lot of people that just don't like it, um, who preferred maybe the way it was. So uh, I don't know what you thought about it. Going into your marketing uh, analytical mind here, Mitch, uh, what were your thoughts on the new Glenmorangie packs? Do you know what, mate? You sent it to me and I looked at it for two seconds and I was running about here, there and everywhere. So I didn't really have a good look at it, to be honest mm -hmm. with you. So I haven't digested it properly yet, but, you know, I, I, I will have a look at it. I, I, I'm really impressed with all the stuff that Glenmorangie do uh, right now. You know, I remember that the, the last advertising campaign, that video. It was very cool. Yeah, that was cool. It's just uh, unbelievable. I mean, talking about a video or a campaign that spoke to the modern day whiskey drinker i think that really ticked a lot of boxes there there was a lot of things going on and 
you know, you think about what we used to do within Scotland and that whole tartan golf thing that was mm. the only advertising that we used to do. To do. Companies like Glenmorangie just pushing the boat out and, and really kind of making things a bit different, which is, yeah. which is good to see. So I don't have any problems with Glen, what Glenmorangie do marketing-wise. And I'm sure when I have a good look at this packaging, it'll be great. Yeah, nice, nice. All right. What else is going on, Mitch? Well, let's get a little bit geeky, a little bit technical, talk about something in the production world. Uh, we have the world's largest kiln, which has just been built in Bucky. So Bucky is in Speyside, like right by the coast, uh, north Speyside. So the Bort Malt Company has built this massive kiln, and it can handle 600 tonnes of malt per batch. Yeah. Now, I looked at, to give you guys a, a kind of bit of a mental image on what 600 tons looks like. I looked into this and it'd be the equivalent of five blue whales in this, uh, in, in this, it's incredible. The thing they built here, it just, it blew my mind when I first saw it. I couldn't understand what I was looking at when I first saw this. Um, it's worthwhile while checking out the the whole pictures that they posted on this. Yeah. But yeah, the diameter alone, uh, alone is like 41 meters. Um, so yeah, just ma massive, uh, just incredible to see these, these huge, uh, maltings and what they're doing now and keeping up with the, the, the demand for single malt scotch whiskey. Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. Big, big news there, mate. Definitely. Yeah. Keep it on, keep it on production stuff. Uh, Pete, Pete's been a big conversation recently, hasn't it? Yeah. I think you sent me this, this was the, the article from, um, Annabelle from Nocnean. Yeah. You just talking about, I think it was from the BBC and the title was whiskey makers turning their back on Pete. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it, obviously sustainability is a massive thing and, and every element of the production process, raw materials, which Pete is one for sure. Um, you know, you need to look at those and go, right, can we, can we sustain that for a long period of time? And uh, compost would be the main user of Pete um, in the UK. I think whiskey, I mean, we did a bit of work on this at Highland Park back in the day, and, and I think whiskey at that time was still under 2% of peak consumption um, in the UK. So it was it was still fairly small. Not That doesn't mean we shouldn't look at it and, and you know use it responsibly and things. So there are a couple of arguments. Um, it's Annabelle Thomas, isn't it, up at Nickney, and she'd, she'd suggested um, not using it at all. Um, there was the chap from Belgrove um, who'd who'd actually created a few different techniques just so that he could really get the most out of the peat. And the challenge is with, with peat and um, digging peat for putting through kilns and things is it is very variable. I mean, the, 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 the challenges that you face um, to pay, based on the condition of the peat and when you have to cut peat and things like that do have a big impact on, you know, what you get out of it. Uh, just to give you a quick example, at Highland Park, we would cut the peat May and June um, and it would form into briquettes in the sun in the summer uh, would, would allow it to sort of crust over. And that's great because it means that you can store it um, mm -hmm. for the remainder of the year, you know, as you use it, about a ton a day uh, through the distillery. And what happens is, is that over the year, um, it does start to break up a little bit and it becomes a wee bit dusty. So that when you're whacking it into the kiln, you're not getting as much from it and it becomes quite powdery. So the 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 way it burns changes um, as the year goes on. If you know if it hasn't dried properly, it becomes a bit of an issue. Uh, you do need to use a little bit more uh, to get the peat smoke, you know, through the the kilns. And the other thing as well with kilns is they're all different shapes. So we'd we'd done a bit of an experiment on the inside of the kilns at Highland Park, and I think we were getting anything from 
in, in the in the in the barley anything from 15 to 45 ppm uh, and that was all based on the draw the condition of the peat uh, which kiln we were actually malting it and drying the barley in so i mean there's there's so many things going on here obviously but the sustainability is the key part and I guess as long as the guys are doing it responsibly and, and relaying the, the heather on top and allowing it to regenerate and regrow, it's very slow. About a millimetre a year is the yeah. regeneration rate. It's tiny. Um, I, I don't know if it's sustainable based on the volume of peat that's required for the total industry. And with lots and lots of new distilleries coming on board, um, are we using more moving forward or are we using less? Are people just not using peat and preferring to use unpeated malt? Uh, but definitely a good discussion. And what one of the things we should do, Mitch, is get someone on uh, to come and talk to us about peat and, and dig deep into this and have a, a look peat, at, you know, the pros episode. and cons. Yeah, do, just do a peat uh, episode. And there, there'll be a lot of scientists uh, within William Grant's, Edrington, uh, Beam and things that, that are looking at this already. I think what I want to go into in a conversation I have with a lot of people is terroir, you know, exists within peat. Oh, big time. Going, going into that as well would be really cool. And we can get all geeky with that. And then most people will just switch off and be like, those idiots talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, but it's, it's, you're right. You're right. Well, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people who love smoky whiskey yeah. um, and they want to know where this flavor comes from. Why does smoky whiskey on Isla taste different to smoky whiskey from, from Orkney? Um, why is Kate Ness peat different to Eile peat and Orkney peat? You know, all of these different things that that do create flavour and give us a style of whiskey, don't they? And that heathery floral note that you do get from Orkney is specific to that peat that they use. And we did a trial many years ago with Kate Ness peat, and it didn't work. Um, in fact, the whiskey that was in Highland Park Odin, the Valhalla collection, uh, I'm certain that was the whiskey that was used in that trial. So it was a, it was a different type of smoke that we were getting on that whiskey. All right, we'll keep all that good chat for the uh, for the P episode, mate. All right, mate. All right, sorry, getting a bit excited there. <laughs> spank all your uh, spank everything on the on this episode. Oh, it's all me? coming back to me, Mitch. It's all coming back to me. Yeah. Get it, get it. Write it down. Write it down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it for the news, though. What are we doing next week, mate? What are we doing next week? Well, I thought it would be good to catch up with some. Well. You thought, and I thought, we actually had the, we're starting to think the same, Mitch. We're hanging out too much together, but we thought it'd be a good idea to catch up with some Coopers. Um, so I have spoken to my very good friend, Mr. Stuart McPherson, who was the master of wood over at Edrington. Uh, he was a Cooper originally and, and became the master of wood as the years went on. I did a lot of work with him over in Spain and Jerez, um, and he taught me a lot uh, about wood and casks and, and maturation and things. So a brilliant guy. He's just retired, actually. Uh, Stuart has so I thought we'd get him on and hear about life as a retired master of wood uh, what does he get up to you know what's he doing these days I bet he's just golfing and going on holiday and yeah, that's yeah. what he'll be doing uh, but he's got a lot of insight some great knowledge to share so I'm really really looking forward to having him on yeah it should be good mate should be good looking forward to that one but as always guys thank you so much for listening to our wee podcast and may all your whiskies be as smooth as Daz's new haircut oh thanks mate.